Texas Business Minds, a presentation of the Texas Business Journals. Brought to you by Texas Mutual Insurance Company, a workers' comp provider committed to helping companies build a stronger, safer Texas. In this download, Austin Business Journal Managing Editor Will Anderson checks in with Luis Patino, CEO of Austin PBS, to learn why he left Univision after a successful 25-year career to set his sights on new challenges in public broadcasting. All right. Thank you, Luis, for joining us on the Texas Business Minds podcast. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much, Will. So you're the president and CEO of Austin PBS. And remind me, how long have you been on the job? I have been on the job now since March, uh, March of this year. So we're going on, geez, six months almost. What are you thinking of the role? How's it been so far? Um, you got a few months under your belt. And I believe prior you were with Univision in the Los Angeles area. And then before right. that with Univision here in Texas in the Austin area. That's right. It's been a whirlwind. I got to tell you, you know, I started in March and we hit the ground running. There was already a lot of activity happening here at Austin PBS. You know, they were in the midst of a major capital campaign. They were also right in the middle of moving from their old studio space and office space at the University of Texas. They were part of the communications, the Moody School Communications, and were in the process of this major move to the new Highland Campus in partnership with Austin Community Colleges. And moving any office space is difficult. Moving right. your own personal home is difficult. Moving a television station with four stations, broadcast studios, and full operations is a ginormous undertaking. And they were doing it through a pandemic. They were doing it while they were working hybrid, mostly from home. And we're just about there. So it's um, really proud of the team. They were also working while they had a leadership transition, which is not easy as well. I got to see this new location, brand spanking new. You know, it's got uh, still the tape on in places, this beautiful, beautiful office space and studio space for Austin PBS. And it's on that kind of thriving, changing, growing Highland campus that uh, for us old Austinites, well, not not that old, but old enough to remember Highland Mall and all the mall right. infrastructure that that replaced. And you're actually, did you tell me the other day that you're in the old Dillard's building? That's right. That's right. I could okay. potentially be sitting in the women's section of, of the <laughs> Dillard's right now as we speak. You know, I think it speaks a lot to the phenomenal project that ACC undertook that the city, you know, partnered with them on. But, you know, the fact that you can take uh, such an iconic location that, you know, I think from a business perspective probably was not doing so well and then, you know, reutilize and reimagine the space to create what is now probably one of the most modern educational centers in central Texas you think our space here where KLRU, Austin PBS is, you need to get a tour of the ACC facilities and the amazing facilities that these students are going to have at their disposal. It's just phenomenal. Yeah, I've heard they've got the fashion incubator for ACC there. Of course, all sorts of other degree programs. So it's an interesting Yeah, uh, they've got an amazing culinary institute that, that oh, uh, right, right. everybody should get a chance to visit at some point. It's It's fascinating. It's right here, right next door. So... You know, a lot of they have a lot of things that will give us ideas and opportunities around content creation, which I'm really excited about. 
Well, you came to Austin PBS from Univision. And like I said, in the LA area for how many years? Yeah, well, I was with Univision a total of 25 years. So oh, it, was, okay. it was quite a career. Um, and uh, it was a phenomenal career. I you know, was able to join them right around the time that um, the market, right, the Hispanic market was really blowing up and quite frankly, continues to grow. But when I started in 97, it was uh, really, really ballooning. You know, we were coming off the 1990 census. We were about to go into the 2000 census. And I think people were realizing the demographic shift, not only of, you know, major metropolitan cities like Los Angeles, New York, Miami, Chicago, but quite frankly, the entire United States. We were at that time. The Hispanic community was probably oh, 12, maybe 15 percent of, of uh, the country in terms of population. And, you know, now it's um, it's grown substantially. And uh, fortunately, uh, as an organization, as a company, as a media company, Univision was able to ride that wave. In many ways, Univision was part and parcel to the growth, the financial growth, the educational yeah. growth of that community because of their mission, right? You're talking about a company, a media company that was really, really, really born out of social cause in 1955, uh, not too far from here in San Antonio, Texas. A lot of people, even in Texas, don't realize that all Spanish language media was really born in San Antonio. Print was La Prensa, which then became La Opinion, that's the Lozano family. Radio was KCOR, YKCOR, the Cortez family, Mr. Cortez had KCOR radio in San Antonio, still exists today. And then KWEX, Channel 41, the first Spanish language television station ever, which back then was called Spanish International Network. So all of this happening in 1955, when a lot of us will remember, you couldn't even speak Spanish. If you got caught speaking Spanish in school, you could potentially get hit with a ruler or get charged 25 cents, and that's what lunch cost. Wow. So working in an environment like that for a company like that, that while they were a very prolific and, and strong media company, number one in most of their major markets in local news, what probably kept me there for 25 years was really the mission, the passion for community, the passion for informing and empowering that community. And then that kind of parlays into why I think I'm here right now. Well, it's an interesting, if you talk about being mission driven and having something, you know, a goal beyond profit, maybe you can tell how that channels that into your decision to come to Austin PBS. What, what explains uh, your decision to, to move on? Sure, sure, sure. Well, it probably deserves a little bit of context. You know, I, I was living here for 10 years um, in Austin um, and in San Antonio for a year and um, got the opportunity to um, oversee the Southwest region for Univision and many other properties, including San Antonio and Austin. So in doing that, um, you know, it really gave me some some great perspective. But what it really did is is it allowed my family and I to fall in love with Texas and to fall in love with Austin specifically. And when I did get the opportunity to go run what we call in the Univision world, the mothership, the Los Angeles market, it was a great opportunity. Um, I am originally from Southern California, so it was a wonderful opportunity to go home. Um, and run the television and radio properties that I grew up listening to and watching as a child. And so that was a great opportunity that I could not pass up. But when we left Austin, 
about five years ago, my wife and I and even the kids said, you know, it'd be nice at some point to come back. So when this opportunity arose, you know, there was sort of, you know, you always have to think about the personal side, which is probably the most important. And then just from a career point of view, after 25 years, you know, I had been thinking probably for several years now, what was going to be my next step. Um, And I always knew that I didn't want to just work for another media company. I wanted to work for a media company where I was going to be able to wake up every morning knowing that there was a significant mission in mind, that there was uh, that it was a purpose driven organization that, yes, I could live out sort of those creative dreams of, of content creation, of creating a modern media company and everything that that means in this new digital world. But at the same time, it had to be an organization where I could still touch the community. Um, and if you think about PBS in general, if you think about public media, not only do they do a phenomenal job in content creation, but they are one of the few and quite frankly, the most trusted media organization that really, really lives the mission of community, of diversity, of making sure that your content reflects the communities that you serve. And uh, I think that's really what sold me on it. You know, the combination, the per- the combination of wanting to come back and then wanting to do something a little bit new and a little bit different. Yeah, I was going to ask what the biggest difference was, but there's actually a lot of connective tissue between those uh, similar mission-driven roles. But going from one side of the media world that is more commercial to the nonprofit world, any big differences stand out to you so far? I know you're only six months in, but what's uh, risen to the top for you? You know, the obvious is what you just mentioned, right? That in my old world, in the commercial world, I mean, you are really almost 100% dependent on commercial advertising, selling ads, basically, right? I mean, you have a set amount of inventory, you have to monetize that inventory in a supply and demand business model, and you sort of are in many ways, also subject to the ebbs and flows of the economy, right? Mm, When uh, Mm. gas prices are high, when chip manufacturers are low on inventory, automotive advertising tends to decline. In the commercial media world, um, automotive uh, sucks a lot of oxygen out of the room. It's about 30% of ad spend in most media organizations, at least on the local media side. And then you have a lot of ebbs and flows of economies, right? You you know, whether it's telecom and either they're spending or they're not spending. And then you add on top of that in the Univision world, in the multicultural media world, you also, believe it or not, will in this day and age, you still have to convince advertisers of the viability of the marketplace. So sure. you're not only just fighting for your fair share, right, against the other English language media companies in the Univision world, we were fighting for inclusion (laughs) in 2022, believe it or not. So it... it, um, You go from being beholden to advertisers to then being a lot lot of donation driven. I I mean, I saw so many of the names of companies and families that had donated to Austin PBS when when I tweeted the other day. So it seems like a a flip in that respect. Yeah. So not having to worry about that commercial side of the business, even though there is an opportunity for us in that sector. But here you really, let's call it your sort of revenue portfolio is much more diverse, right? And here you also have the great benefit of amazing donors, like you just mentioned, who support large capital campaigns, who have supported the station. You have many folks 
who have been supporting this station for over 30 years, literally, annually, consistently, with a major passion for what we do, whether it's Masterpiece, whether it's Central Texas Gardener, whether they're friends of Austin City Limits. So that, the ability to really touch people one-to-one, I think it's fascinating. And seeing their unique and specific interest to why they support public media, which is different depending on who you speak to, I think that's that's a big difference. And it's something that I'm really, really getting to, to understand a lot more and to appreciate. Speaking of uh, revenue opportunities, visiting that space, I got to see some of the cool different ways that you'll interact with ACC, but also possibly with the public and with right. corporate um, partners and interests. So first of all, let's be clear. So a lot of people know Austin PBS because of Austin City Limits, the, the tapings, you know, of great performances from local and international artists. That's right. Those still take place at ACL Live at the Moody Theater, right? That's at right. The, the That's downtown right. venue, same block as the W Hotel, those will still be taped there. But now you have a, a brand new huge studio. I saw it the other day and um, all sorts of other spaces on the Highland campus. So can you walk us through for our business listeners about what that means for uh, what, what they should be aware of, either as donors or in their uh, business leadership roles? Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what we're calling really the Austin Media Center is this amazing facility here at the ACC campus, right? So that's kind of the, that's where you're going to hear a lot in our marketing, the Austin Media Center. And it really is the largest 12G facility in the United States. It's an amazing, amazing studio space. You saw it. It's about 8,000 square feet. And uh, it came as uh, a result of a wonderful donation from Fluger Keller family. In fact, we're calling it the Fluger Keller Community Soundstage. And it's uh, basically our Studio A. So what we're going to be able to do with not only that studio, but the other two, which are um, a little bit smaller in size, is create content ourselves, whether it's new types of music series, new types of music shows, whether it's uh, getting back to taping because we've been on hiatus with Overheard with Evan Smith, um, which a lot of people are familiar with and are really um, big fans of. We're probably going to go back into production for that in January. And it's going to allow us to also be able to utilize the space and the proceeds for Austin PBS by renting the space. So, In an ideal world, this facility, both our conference center areas and our studio spaces will be first and foremost open to other nonprofits for them to utilize at no charge. But there is going to be an opportunity for us to monetize and create a unique revenue stream that would significantly help uh, Austin PBS by renting out different studios and conference space. So that opens up a whole new revenue stream to your point, which I think is is, is going to be great because it's needed in Austin. ABJ hosts events year round. I think we'll need to look into what's available come this. We'll have this to talk. Time. Absolutely. Yep. yep. Luis Patino joining us. In our next segment, he shares his perspective on diversity at Austin PBS. When Texas Business Minds continues. How did Texas Mutual Insurance Company make over 67,000 business owners smile? 
by sending $330 million in dividends to our workers' comp policyholders. See how we can make your business safer, stronger, and better at texasmutual.com slash better. Can we step back for a minute? You very rightly alluded to um, your history with Univision and what that meant for a very specific community, the Spanish-speaking community, the Hispanic community. You're a Hispanic man. You speak Spanish. Right, right. Do you reflect on that and think about now you're leading maybe one of the most consumer-facing organizations, nonprofits in Austin with ACL Live, but then just, you know, the PBS name? I mean, it's a huge pedestal. And sure. um, yeah, I wonder what if that means anything significant to you. You know, it's not lost on me, right? Um, I think that um, with that huge honor, because uh, I do see it as an honor, I do think that it comes with huge responsibility, right? I talked to you a little bit about one of the things that I think is a is a major opportunity for public media in general, not just Austin PBS, but that is to make sure that we're very intentional about the sort of the diverse programming that we put out and making sure that public media is much more diverse than it has been in the past, right? And that goes everything from leadership to our employee base, to our donor base, and quite frankly, to our board of directors, right? So we're being very, very intentional around making sure that that is the case. At least uh, I know I am as I step into this role. I know that speaking to leadership at the PBS system level, this is a very important topic to them. And it's not lost on me that as a Latino male who who grew up in Southern California, who spent several years here in Texas, that our community, all communities, quite frankly, deserve the opportunity to be well-informed, to be well-educated, to know about things that are important to them as they are to most communities around healthcare, around civic engagement, around financial wellness. These are all pillars that we're going to be touching upon. You know, entrepreneurship. We're in Austin. Yeah. You, you know, I don't need to tell you about the importance of entrepreneurship, of small businesses. There's no reason why we shouldn't be informing and educating in that space as well. So I think there's opportunities for new verticals to make sure that all communities, whether it's the black community, African-American, Hispanic, Asian, We really need to be extremely, extremely intentional about making sure that we reach all communities, reach them where they are. One other thing that I keep hearing is we need to not just concentrate on the Austin metro. Austin has several counties and is growing by leaps and bounds. And uh, Austin PBS needs to be for everyone, not just for Austin metro. Right. So we need to do a better job, probably, of making sure that we and our tentacles reach out to all these communities. So we'll be making sure that that is a big part of our strategic pillars. Well said and great food for thought for me as a manager in media as well. Do you have any advice? Like if someone was coming out of school right now or looking to get into media and aspiring to one day be you know, in a GM or leadership role and thought these kind of similar things about how there's uh room for great positive change in media. You know, what kind of advice would you give to someone right now embarking on that? With the understanding that a lot is changing in media, as both of us realize. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, I'll, I'll start just with, you know, one of the things I always tell when I have the privilege of speaking to college students or high school students, um, which I love to do. You know, I always start by telling them, leave the nest. It's good for your soul. 
And, you know, I left my hometown early on and uh, it's not easy to leave, whether you leave to go to college, whether you leave for a job. I think it's really important to sort of diversify your perspective of life. And you do that by leaving the nest, right? Again, it doesn't have to be across the world. It could be across the state. It could be across the country. But I always tell people that that really helped me. You know, growing up in Southern California, I went and lived in San Francisco for a couple of years, then um, spent several years in San Diego, several years here in, in Texas and in different cities. And, you know, spent a lot, a lot of time traveling, right? Uh, back east, Florida, New York, Chicago. And all of these amazing opportunities really give you a whole different perspective on life. And I think they allow you to really understand how other people think and why. And I think that it just becomes a huge, huge asset to you as an employee, to you as a business owner, to you as a person, uh, as a person yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. And then I would get into the more sort of, you know, as you think about media, uh, my daughter is actually going to be a freshman at uh, UT at the School of Communications. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So she's kind of following in her mom and dad's footsteps and going into media and, and her and I have these discussions. And, you know, I, I think what's really important right now is to have a diverse sort of portfolio of knowledge. Right. Because while you can study one thing and this may have been true for you, you can start study marketing and advertising. You can be in the RTF department. You can. But quite frankly, I've met so many people that come from finance, that come from studying economics, biology, and they're in the media space. Right. So I think having a diverse portfolio and knowing about other industries, I think nowadays is extremely important as you get into the media, because it is literally changing by leaps and bounds by the day, right? Yeah, um, so much of the material you learn in classes is uh, quickly outdated. So I love this idea of being comfortable being uncomfortable because that's right. if you understand the principles and some of the driving why of what what you do yeah. in media, um, you can adapt to, to the, the TikTok or whatever, you know, whatever format or that's uh, right. technology. That's right. That's right. And I think nowadays there's some fundamental principles, right? You have to be a great project manager is one of the things that I find. Okay, that's right? good. Project management skills and whatever that means to you and to it, it's just critical because there's not too many organizations that don't need proper project management. Do you have to be up to speed on knowing what OTT means, AVOD, SVOD? Yeah, you can learn that on the job, right? A lot of the terminology and acronyms that we throw around in the media space is, is you can learn that. Yeah, um, I think what you really have to understand is consumer insights. You know, I'm a really big fan of looking at the research and having that guide your decision making, really being a good analyst in general, an analyst of everything so that you know why you're doing what you're doing. Right. And so that that can provide further direction as to maybe a pivot that you have to make in a, in a specific uh, job duty or task or strategy. Deep analysis, project management knowing about content creation from soup to nuts, right? Nowadays, people don't have the luxury of just being an editor or just being a producer. Mm -hmm. uh, in fact, we now call those predators, <laughs> producer yeah. editors, yeah. right? Um, it, back to in the news department, for example, it's, it's very rare. It's probably a major market and a major station where you have 
uh, a reporter, a field producer, and a photog. In markets like Austin, most people are what they call multimedia journalists. And what that means is you go out and basically you are the reporter, you are the photographer, and the field producer all in one. You do it all yourself. You, you, you shoot it, it, cut it, and, and get it ready for the consumer That's side. Right. That's right. right. Well, it's been a great conversation, Luis. I really appreciate your time. I can't let you go without asking. I have a PBS family and uh, my son is seven. And so um, we watched a lot of PBS shows. Do you Daniel have a tiger? What's your, what's his favorite? Do you know? I was going to say, well, his favorite might be different. My favorite is probably odd squad. Cause it's a little nice. more, a uh, little more mature in some of its storylines, just the complicated storylines. But do you have one? Well, for me, it's got to be Sesame Street. You know, okay, yeah. I, I, I'm a, a kid of the '80s, and you know, Sesame Street was was always on. Um, and I was, I, I actually got to see it because there was also a Plaza Sesamo, which was a little bit different, which was the really? Spanish version of Sesame Street. So I got to see that. So yeah, for me, you know, and my kids, especially Elmo. I I don't know how many Elmos I had in the house at one point, but I was surrounded by Elmo. <laughs> <laughs> And I can't tell you, Will, how many people I talk to and they tell me, I grew up on PBS. It's one of the reasons that I support you all. It's one of the reasons that um, we love PBS. And it's thanks to a lot of the kids programming. And a lot of people really, truly got educated and formed a lot of their early educational thoughts thanks to PBS and the great work that they've done with kids programming. I think that encapsulates so much of what PBS does right there. That's well, right. great. I really appreciate your time, Luis. Thank you so much for being on Texas Business Minds. Thank you, Will, and thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you for downloading Texas Business Minds, presented by the Texas Business Journals and brought to you by Texas Mutual Insurance Company, a workers' comp provider committed to helping companies build a stronger, safer Texas. Texas.